Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And yes, this is where the culture meets scripture. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this show. Not not because not because this is the show that is going to bring us into the new year, but I'm excited because th- this show as I was preparing this show and and just going through the process of recording and getting ready to record, like I really sensed the presence of God and the Holy Spirit on on what I was doing and I think one of the one of the reasons why that is the case is because of what I've went through uh, this past year and the past two years actually. And so this show I, later on I'm going to be talking about overcoming guilt and depression and 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 just the whole woulda shoulda coulda mindset and how sometimes we can beat ourselves up and allow ourselves to be defeated when we wallow in guilt. I'm also going to be talking about true and false balance. I always hear people say, hey, as Christians, we should be balanced. You know, I, I, I hear people quote, you know, don't be so uh, don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And so I want to really dive into what it really means to be balanced as a Christian and how there is a true balance and there's a false balance. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited. Um, but Listen, I, um, I, I, the other day, probably a couple of weeks ago, I should say, not the other day, but a couple of weeks ago, I checked out a documentary on Netflix about Quincy Jones. And, you know, when I say this was an amazing documentary, I'm, I'm a guy that likes documentaries because history always intrigues me, you know, to see what drove what drives people or what drove people at the time that they lived or whatever, what drove them to make the decisions that they make. And because I I believe that these are the things that shape culture and how we think about things as a society. But I watched the documentary of Quincy Jones and man, it was man. When I say it was an amazing documentary, I knew that he was a powerful individual. Like I knew he had produced, um, uh, Michael Jackson thrillers out al- thr- thriller album. You know, I knew he had produced the soundtrack for the Wiz, and I knew he had did a few things, but I had no idea of how powerful of an individual he is, and how many projects and songs and hits and things he was behind. Like I, I had no idea the Fresh Prince of Bel Air was his idea. Like I had no idea he was behind Color Purple and. You know, the list can go on of things that this man accomplished. But as I watched his documentary and watched his story and just his grind, it made me think of our song Supremacy, which is actually the featured song for this episode. Um, and the song is a, um, a part of part of our last album, Everything Changes, which is on all digital outlets. But it made me think about our song Supremacy and how powerful men whether it be kings and or queens or presidents or just business moguls and people of great influence and how throughout history there have been kings and powerful people who who rise to power 
And no matter how great their power, no matter how great their fame and how great society praises them in their time, that they all die, that we all die, and that the only person's reign that is forever is Christ. Like it doesn't matter how great you are in this world, you will none of us will reign forever. Nobody is forever. You know, I think about Egyptian, um, the Egyptian pharaohs and how they considered themselves to be gods. Like it doesn't matter what you think about yourself. You're going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. And so I begin to look at this documentary and really just think about all of the powerful people that culture has praised and how even how a lot of these individuals, they gain, they literally gain the world. But a lot of them are dead now. And a lot of superstars and icons have actually not just died, but they died miserably overdoses and suicide and you know just just died depressed you know and I can name to so many different people of influence who fit this category but it began I began to think about it and, and look at this documentary and how powerful of a person this is and I just thought like man only what we do for Christ will last it doesn't matter if we're reaching our potential um, according to the world standard. It doesn't matter if we don't know Christ and, and, and how Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the world, but lose his soul? And so I just begin to think about this and how and, and how. How our purpose starts with God, you know, I talked about this on the last episode and you know, I think this episode and last episode go together perfectly. And if you're listening by way of the pod, the podcast app and you haven't heard the last episode, which is episode four, I would highly recommend you to go back and listen to episode four after you listen to this episode, because I believe it's a blessing. I t I'm talking about the purpose of God, finding and understanding your purpose. And so a lot of times. You know, we assume and as I was looking at this documentary, I thought about how so often people assume because a person is famous and powerful in the world that they're operating in their purpose. When in actuality, if a person, no matter how productive a person is in society and what they're doing and the praise that they're receiving, it doesn't matter if they don't know Christ, because our purpose starts with the one who created us. And so. Men rise, men fall, you know, like the hook says on supremacy, you know, at the end of the day, only what we do for Christ will last. And so I want to encourage you guys to to if you don't know Christ, you know, you were created to glorify him. You were created to worship him. You were created by him for him and how and, and he he went to the cross because you and I. We're born in sin. We're born sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so since you and I, all of us fit in this category, all of us need a savior. And Christ 
went to the cross and died as an innocent man and took on the sin of guilty men that we might be free one day. And so the judge became the convicted to save the guilty. Man, I love the gospel. But listen, the featured song for this episode, like I mentioned, is Supremacy. You can you can go to all, any digital outlet and look up Path of Revelation, Everything Changes or Supremacy, and the song will come up as featuring our homie Reed B. Verses. We're going to dive into this song and then we're going to come back. Supreme, who defeated sin with the suffering? Uh, he beat the grave. Now death can't have me. He could turn a morgue into his pep rally. Are we making superstars or servants? More about entertaining and not worship. It's like many only chase the spotlight. Spotlight a crowd, but don't know how to live right. High charisma, below and godly character. Just a character, the fruit is bad you're bearing, sir. Rap singer, preach, talented in your zone. But cheating on our wives, not faithful to our homes. Church, are we making servants or salesmen? Talk worshippers or entertainers, are we failing? Are we yoked with the very things that nail him? Hell is real and we're not all his children. Stop judging because they don't want their fruit exposed. Even if it's damaging and misleading souls. Starstruck so we feed the flock to wolves and droves. It shows idolatry and our pride is swole. He's left seated. On his throne, kingdoms crumble. He's undefeated. Tomorrow, can't you see? So we only want to brag on his supremacy. He's left seated on his throne, kingdoms crumble. He's undefeated. Can't you see? So we only want to brag on his supremacy. Lightning and lightning and thundering with thunderbolts. Picture all that happening when he decides to talk. He's looking at hot tubs up in the dark. Gotta spin it from the stop. If you think of you winning, you're drowning the water, you're following a mission of Mark. He's superior. Check the stat sheet. Yeah. He came down yeah. to tell him, label black sheep. Uh. Then he went to kill him, kinda nasty. That's true. That was his intent. <laughs> Pretty classy. Yeah. 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 They say he's just a fable. The Bible's just heroic stories with a Christian label. I beg to differ, Earth ain't a random object. He accomplished a project beyond our human knowledge. We're mile closer to the sun, we burn up. We're mile further, we learn that we in a frozen tundra. <laughs> yeah, scholars are amazed with our complexity. But if they voice the risk of God, the jobs are in jeopardy. They throw on hush money. They like hush money, but we have the genius at hand. No need to act funny. He will exalt the low. Destroy the proud. Those with him will rejoice when the trumpet sounds. He's left seated. On his throne, kingdoms crumble. He's undefeated. Can't you see? So we only want to brag on his supremacy. He's left seated. On his throne, kingdoms crumble. He's undefeated. Can't you see? So we only want to brag on his supremacy. Gotta be cognitive. God is the God of dominance. That is the God you gotta know. Knocking folks down like dominoes. Geronimo, he's a colossal phenomenon. Astronomical, pointing particles to that pot of gold. All of your comments gotta go. 
go kinda sentence is comical Kinda like you are comics and kinda don't like your copy It's kinda like you are novices, none of you though acknowledge it None of you know it's knowledge, it's obvious you are obelisk, autonomous Why is pride hopping not show esophagus? When we find our documents, lies is out of sarcophagus Hip-hop is autonomous, I'm hip to the grip, it got us in the opulence It offers as big as a hippopotamus See that's his tendency, really it is the enemy Gets energies the illest contending for his supremacy Christians say that, hey man, we should be balanced as Christians. And I've really been thinking about this lately, what it actually means to be balanced as a Christian. Like, how does that actually look in application? I don't think you can ask a follower of Christ in their right mind, hey, should we be balanced as believers? I don't think you would have any one of any believer in their right mind respond and say, Nah, man, we shouldn't be balanced as Christians. You know, um, I think the majority, if not every last one, would respond and say, yeah, man, we should be balanced as Christians. But I've been really thinking about this lately. Um, And one of the reasons why I've been thinking about this lately is because I'm 34 years old. You know, I have two beautiful boys. I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old. I have a beautiful wife. Uh, who loves God and is an amazing wife and mother. And and so I've been, as I get older and God gives me more responsibilities and, and things that I will be held accountable for, it makes me look at my life and think from a standpoint of what type of legacy do I want to leave when I'm no longer here? What are the things that my my sons will say about me when they get older and and one of the things that i've been really good at or or i say i should say i've been faithful at my entire life is 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 being faithful to serving my local church i grew up in church and i'm not saying because i grew up in church that i've been faithful to the church there are people who grow up in church and are in church their whole life and aren't really faithful to the things of Christ. But for the most part, my entire life, I've been in church and I've been striving to serve God and serve God's people. But as I get older, I've I've been looking at my life and not just looking at what I've been contributing to the body of believers or the local body of believers that I'm a part of, but I've also been looking at what am I contributing to my family my first ministry. Um, what will my boys say about me when they get older and and I become an old man or or when I'm no longer here? What would they what will they tell their children about me? Um, and I've been thinking about about these things like crazy uh, lately. And so this is kind of 
shifted me to think about, okay, my career and where I'm at. You know, I've been a business owner for the last six years and I've just been doing some evaluations uh, with my life as a whole and and really looking at myself and saying, am I really reaching my potential or the God given potential? And so when, whenever I hear people talk about being balanced as Christians, um, one of the quotes that I've heard my entire life comes to mind. I always hear people say, man, hey, man, you can't be so heavily minded that you're of no earthly good. You know, I've heard so many different believers say it. I've even said it a lot, a lot in the past. Um, I've heard believers who really love Jesus say this quote, like men and women of God who love their families, who, who are faithful to God and the fruit in their life is evident. Um, but as of lately, I've been really examining that quote, don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And I've been looking at it from a from a biblical standpoint. Of course, most of us know that that's not a scripture, right? <clears throat> we know it's not a scripture. But some of the quotes that we say in church, though they're not a scripture, we can find the principle of that quote in scripture. And so for the sake of being fair, I started asking myself, man, do do I see this principle in scripture, though it isn't a scripture, though it isn't a scripture itself. You know, we say things like a good, another good example would be only what you do for Christ will last. You know, we know that's not a scripture, but that principle is clearly seen throughout scripture. And so I begin to look at the quote, don't be so heavily minded that you're of no earthly good. And I begin to ask myself, do I see this in scripture? Um, and I also begin to think about this. Jesus prayed, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like if you think about that for a second, it don't get more heavenly than that. <laughs> It doesn't get more spiritual than that. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so as I begin to think about this, I said, if Jesus is praying that the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven, how can we be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good? Hmm. And so I begin to think about this and, 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 and I would submit to you that maybe we're not so earthly good, not because we're too heavenly minded. <clears throat> maybe we're not any earthly good because we're not heavenly minded enough. If Adam was heavenly minded enough, the fall wouldn't have happened. If we were really heavenly minded, we wouldn't see murder. We wouldn't see people committing suicide by droves. We wouldn't see depression on the rise if we were truly heavenly minded. We wouldn't see parents, and I know these are extreme <clears throat> cases, but we wouldn't see parents killing their children. and We wouldn't see the death and the murder and the terrorist attacks that we see if we were heavenly minded. We wouldn't be so quick 
to divorce our spouses. We wouldn't be found in adultery. We wouldn't be bound by pornography and lust and greed if we were truly heavenly minded. And so as I begin to look at, at scripture and I begin to look at society, I see that everything that's wrong with society and culture is not a result of us being too heavenly minded or so heavenly minded. It's actually the opposite. Humanity isn't heavenly minded enough. And so a lot of times when we say don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good, one of the things that I'm learning is we usually apply that to people who are being self-righteous or what I would call fake deep. <laughs> and so I think I don't think we should give God credit when we're not any good in the earth. I don't think we should give God credit for us being useless or or ineffective in our purpose. You know, first off, when Jesus prayed, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I begin to think about heaven and how heaven is perfect because it is the will of the Father. God the Father is perfect. It's not lacking. And so how can somebody be so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good if heaven is perfect? Here's the reality. Most people who are claiming to be spiritual but aren't any earthly good, aren't actually being spiritual. They're being religious. See, you can be religious and not be spiritual. You can go through the motions, you can cry out to God, and you can, you can run around the church and actually not be in fellowship with God or not really in line with God's purpose for your life if you're not submitting to the principles of his word. And so I've learned just because someone is religious doesn't mean that they're spiritual. Listen, the God we serve doesn't lead us to be productive in church, but useless outside of church or ungodly outside of church. God isn't lacking. Second Peter I love I love this scripture. Second Peter chapter one, verse three lets us know that God's God, by his divine power, hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to the glory, to glory and virtue. So God doesn't just have the spiritual things covered. He has the natural things covered as well. It says he has given us all things that pertain unto life. Natural and spiritual and godliness. And so God has all bases covered. And so I, I actually don't like the quote. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. I believe we have to stop giving God credit for our laziness and our ignorance. I think we have to stop giving God credit for us not reaching our potential. I think we have to be bold enough 
and real enough to call fear, fear. We need to call doubt, doubt. But please don't blame God for the lack in your life. So we have to stop blaming God or using God as an excuse for why we didn't finish school or why you didn't go to school in the first place. Stop using God as an excuse for why you didn't step out on faith and start that business. Stop using God as an excuse to why you're not where you should be at financially or why you're in the position that you're in. And take responsibility. We have to take responsibility for the areas that we lack. And we have to blame ourselves. I've learned that growth, sometimes the most significant growth in our lives, starts with us dealing with our insecurities and our fears and our doubts. I've learned that growth doesn't start until you realize that you've that you've been working with ground that isn't even fertile. And so sometimes we have to allow God to teal our hearts or we have to 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 pray for for the Lord to begin to 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 teal and, and break up the stony parts of our hearts so we can actually be real with ourselves and move forward. And so no more can we use God as an excuse for why we're not reaching our potential and walking in what God has called for us to do. Some of us have, have been having dreams and visions and we have burning desires in our hearts to do things or, or be, in, be in a place in our life. But because of fear and doubt, we haven't reached that place. And, I, and I've learned, and, 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 and many of us, some of us know that the desire isn't from us. Last episode, I talked, I talked about purpose and how purpose starts with God. Some of us know that the desires that we have in our hearts are not from us, but they're God given. We can feel it in our soul. I've learned God does not give us dreams and desires to tease us. He gives us dreams and desires for us to actually walk them out. And if he's, and if he gives us the dream, He's he's equipped us to bring it to pass. And listen, I'm not telling you to take responsibility for your for your for your lack. For the purpose of you to condemn yourself, don't condemn yourself. You know, once when I started. Listen, there's there's and I'm just going to be transparent with you guys here. <clears throat> At the age of 24, 25, you know, I I ran into a, a business opportunity where I was making a name for myself uh, in the marketing firm that I was working with. I was leading the best. I was leading the top team in the country. You know, I was being flown around the around the country to different cities and states to train 
other offices and I was making really good money at the age of 24, which that that eventually led me into being an entrepreneur, excuse me, and working for myself. But recently, as I between age 32 and 34, I begin to have thoughts of, of, of regret and thoughts of, man, I'm a failure. I should be further along than where, than what I am right now. And in my flesh, in my flesh, I begin to look back at the 24, 25, 26 year old Gabe and say, man, that Gabe was on path to be a millionaire and, and be, and be a, a great business mogul. And then I look at Gabe at 32 and 34 and I'm like, man, I'm not in the neighborhood that I desire or I saw myself in right now. I'm not in the type of house that I had envisioned myself and my family to be in. I'm not in the position that I saw, saw myself being in when I was 25, 24, 26. I just knew by the time I was in my 30s, I would be set. And my flesh and the enemy began to speak to me and I began to condemn myself and talk about how much of a failure I am to myself. <clears throat> and then depression would start to try to creep in. And so, and then the Lord reminded me of 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. That says, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. And so I begin to pull from God's grace and, and, and say, you know what? I may not be where I want to be, but thank be to God that I'm alive and that I'm blessed, number one. And the Lord began to show me that when I condemn myself, when I when I'm condemning myself for my failures or for not reaching my potential, I'm actually operating in pride. I'm actually operating in a self-righteous spirit when I condemn myself. Listen to this. If God has justified you by the blood of his son, Jesus, who are you to condemn yourself if God isn't condemning you? Whoo, that's powerful. Who are you to condemn yourself if God is not condemning you? And so the Lord began to minister, the Holy Spirit begins to begin to minister to me and begin to speak to me on how he's going to redeem the time. Ooh, I feel this thing. And this is why it's so important to be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus in John chapter 16 says that the spirit of God is the spirit of truth and he will lead and guide you into all truth. And that he's the comforter and the helper. 
Man, I don't know how I would make it without the Holy Spirit. Man, this is why the world is so crazy now. People don't have the Holy Ghost. People don't have the, the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God begins to, began to communicate to me in my, in my time of prayer and me wallowing in my, my regret, in my doubt. And say, man, dust yourself off, son. And I'm telling you the same by the, by the authority of the Holy Ghost. Dust yourself off. Dust yourself off. For we serve a God who is eternal. Who will redeem the time in your life. Ooh, glory to God. He'll redeem the time in your life. And so he began to show me who am I to condemn myself? And I begin to recognize my self-inflicted depression and my guilt was actually fighting against the purpose of God in my life. The self-doubt and the, con the self-inflicted condemnation was actually fighting against his will and purpose for my life. And I learned that it's not over. It's not over. This time, that's, that's, that's the beauty. You know, this thing is not about us in the first place. It's about God. Yes, it's okay to be disappointed, but move forward. Get over it. Give it to God. Don't beat yourself up about it. Because he, his grace is sufficient for us. We're not going to always get everything right. There's going to listen. And I know I know this may go against your theology or 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 what what you may hear your favorite televangelist or somebody say. But but in life, we're not going to always get everything right. There are times where we're going to miss certain opportunities or or we're going to make decision bad decisions but i truly believe that when we really surrender to god and give god everything that there are times that god will bring things back around and so i've purposed in my mind that god bring it back around and this time don't let me mess up this time. Creating me a clean heart, renew the right spirit, help my mind to be in the right place for when this opportunity comes or or help me to step out on faith and do my part. Help me to do the things that I need to do. This time around. And I'm and, and I'm a witness that God will would open up doors that no man can shut. But listen, we we can't blame God for for what's lacking in our life. And as I began to really meditate on this topic, it really began to challenge me. And and really as I began to meditate on this, the Lord began to show me areas in my life where I was hiding fear and doubt behind church theatrics or, or, or going through the motion of church. 
You know, I've grown up in church my whole life and I've learned that people um, sometimes hide behind the institution of church to avoid dealing with their insecurities. They hide behind church, the institution of church and the the, the functions within church to actually keep from dealing with their daddy issues or their depression or their nasty attitudes and 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 they and they put on this church this churchy act where they like oh hallelujah blessed and highly favored when in actuality there's skeletons in the closet that you that you're ignoring and so the lord as i begin to really go through this 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 topic and really just examine this topic the holy spirit begins to really convict me about myself like man i there's some areas where 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 i have not been meeting the potential that god has put in me i haven't been walking fully in the purpose that god has called me to because of doubt and fear in my life and so what a lot of times a lot of people when that we often would consider to be so earth heavenly minded, but they're of no earthly good. They're not actually being heavenly minded. They're hiding behind religious acts. They're hiding behind religious um, functions and, and duties to keep from having to operate and function in real life and deal with their selves or allow God to really deal with themselves. And so what I begin to think about is, man, we cannot, we have to, number one, stop giving God credit for us not reaching our potential. Stop giving God credit for people being crazy. Stop, we have to stop giving God credit for people not um, reaching their potential. If I'm truly heavenly minded, he has given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And so God is not going to lead me to be productive, a productive church member, but a terrible business owner. God is not going to lead me to be a productive church goer, but ineffective in loving my neighbor. And doing what I'm supposed to do in everyday life. And so I'm reminded of Romans chapter 8 verse 6. It says for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Man, I love the Bible. You know, as I begin to think about this topic, man, and, and think about, man, don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. As I begin to go through scriptures, I literally don't see this, this principle anywhere in scripture. I don't. I actually see the opposite. So I'm going to read Romans 8 and 6 again. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so we have to stop saying people are being too spiritual when they aren't reaching their potential. The Bible never implies that a person can be too spiritual. It never does. It does imply that a person can be caught up in religious tradition though. Jesus never called the Pharisees and Sadducees spiritual. 
Jesus never said that the Pharisees and Sadducees were being so heavenly minded that they were of no earthly good. He just says, you guys do the will of your father, the devil. <laughs> like he called it what it was. He called carnality, carnality. He didn't call a person who was being carnal, heavenly minded. And so as I look through scripture and, 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 and we're still talking about what it means to be balanced as a Christian. Like I never see this principle in scripture, but I see the opposite. Since it's been determined that a person can't be too spiritual, I think it's important that we define what it means to be balanced from a biblical perspective. When I look at Colossians chapter three, verse 23 through 24, it says, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. And so in the scripture, Paul is saying, do all things as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, if you're flipping burgers, <laughs> you flipping bur flip those burgers as unto the Lord. If you're running a business, run that business as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, if you're cleaning toilets, do it as unto the Lord. Be the best toilet cleaner than, that you can be. And some of y'all might think I'm joking when I say that, but I'm dead serious. We... A Christian, here, here's the reality. A Christian being balanced is a Christian that recognizes that they're literally doing all things as unto the Lord. <clears throat> I'm doing all things as unto the Lord. But he, here's my concern as I talk about this. My concern when talking about balance is that we've defined balance by a more self-centered, pop culture driven Christianity than a biblical one. And what I mean by that is I believe we've we've defined balance by a, a self-centered version of Christianity that says it doesn't take all of that in response to striving to living a consecrated lifestyle. It doesn't take all of that when it comes to calling sin, sin. It doesn't take all of that when it comes to fasting and praying and actually striving to live a holy and sanctified lifestyle outside of church. And so my concern is when we begin to talk about balance, I, I, my concern is that many of us who profess Christ has allowed a worldly counterfeit version of Christ, Christianity to define what it means to be balanced as a Christian and not the Bible. A Christianity that comes up with things like righteous and ratchet Oh, I'm saved, but I'm not soft. <laughs> like I hate, I hate quotes like that. I'm saved and I'm saved, but I'm not soft as if you being saved, as if being saved or godly means you're soft. Do we say stuff and we don't even think of think like, Oh, this doesn't even make sense biblically. Like if I say I'm saved and not soft, that implies that being saved is soft. That implies that Christ was soft. That implies that Christ was weak. But my Bible tells me that no, he said, no man taketh my life. I lay it down. 
My Bible lets me know that he's the king of kings, Lord of Lord of lords, that he's the creator of heaven and earth, that he spoke and it was. And so we begin to adopt this counterfeit version of Christianity and we begin to define what it means to be balanced as a Christian from that perspective. But listen to me, dear Christian, being balanced doesn't mean being lukewarm. We act like being balanced is a license to be lukewarm. Like, yo, and, 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 and we, we begin to treat God. God becomes something that we check off of our checklist. What do I mean by that? God becomes a thing that we check off of our checklist instead of being the Lord of our checklist. And so just like some of us may wake up and go to the gym every morning, like it's a part of our routine. We have, if you have a to-do list or a to-do list for the day or the week, it's like, okay, I will, I went, I went to, I went to the gym and worked out check. Um, I went to work and I completed this assignment check up. Oh, I got, I finished my homework today. Check. Oh, I went to church Sunday or I went to Bible study Wednesday and that was my God time check. And so we treat God like he's a part of a checklist that once we've given him our time, we can check him off and the rest of the, the things that we have to do now belongs to us instead of doing all things as unto the Lord. And, and, and whenever I think of this analogy, I always, I always visualize it as like a pie graph and I hate math, but like in a pie graph, when you look at a pie graph, you have percentages. Um, and, and let's just say if we were doing a, a pie graph of kitchen appliances and, and the percentage of what's in, in my kitchen where I would have, uh, 10% forks and 10% knives and, 50% um, electronics like the stove and the refrigerator. And, and, and so we break God into a, into like a, a pie graph where he's only a percentage of the graph. And then the rest of the graph belongs to what we want it to belong to instead of submitting everything to him. And so what I've learned is it's a false is what the Bible calls a false balance, a false balance. And so if God isn't everything, hear me good when I say this, if God isn't everything, if God isn't everything, he's just another thing. And I mean that if God isn't everything, he's just another thing. And so whether I'm doing, whether I'm going to work, to service customers or I'm going to a church service. I'm doing both as unto the Lord. And I don't want to talk about this as if I get it right every time. I don't. I told you at the beginning of this conversation, man, as I begin to go through this topic, man, I, I, I begin to get mad convicted, like super convicted. You know why? Because God began to show me areas that I've been lacking in and slacking in. Not that he's been lacking in because he's not lacking, but areas that I have not 
completely and totally really surrendered to him because of whether it be my fear and my insecurities or my doubt, just areas where I lack. And so I've been striving and I'm striving to do all things as unto the Lord. I don't want to be getting an A when it comes to church, but getting a D when it comes to the career that I'm supposed to be pursuing, the potential and the purpose that God has put in me. I don't want to be failing when it comes to those things. And so as I begin to look at this, this, this topic um, of what true balance is, number one, true balance starts with doing all things as unto the Lord. And how that actually looks matters. But I also begin to study in Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse one, it says a false balance. Now we're talking about a false balance. It says a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, it's important for us to understand this where it says a false balance, where it says false the original Hebrew word is merimah. And that word actually means deceit or treachery. So in other words, a deceitful balance is an abomination to the Lord. What is deceit? Deceit is trickery. It's, it's, it's false. It's not true. It is a counterfeit. And so some of us are walk have been walking around saying, man, I'm being balanced. I'm, 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 it's important to be balanced as a Christian. And we use that as an, as a, as a, a license to be carnal and ungodly when we're outside of church or when we're in everyday life. That's why some of us can, and, 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 and please hear me. I'm, I'm not condemning anybody. Listen, I've been I've been I've been guilty of this stuff myself, but this is why some of us can go to church on Sunday and sing and lead praise and worship with tears coming down our eyes. Lord, I want to be holy. Lord, I exhaust you. And then on Monday or on Saturday. We're celebrating Beyonce or we're celebrating art and music and entertainment that actually contradicts the praise and worship that we had when we were leading people in worship. And so we, many of us, whether we realize it or not, has, have actually adopted a false balance, as the Bible says, a balance that really is rooted in deceit and not truth. A balance that 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 says, hey, too much God makes you of no earthly good. Too much God makes you no earthly good. So you you have you have to be balanced. So throw some carnality in there. But my Bible says to be carnal minded is death. And so we think we've been we've been being balanced by being spiritual and then carnal. When in actuality, we're carrying a false balance. Proverbs, we're still in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 23. 
it reads and says, diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord. And a false balance is not good. Now, if we look at Proverbs 11, it says a just weight is, is the Lord's delight. But in Proverbs 20, 23, it says diverse weights are an abomination unto the Lord. And a false balance is not good. And so this, remi this, this reminds me of the scripture, and I don't have it in front of me because I wasn't even planning on bringing it up. But this reminds me of the scripture where, where Jesus is talking about the, the way to heaven and how, he, and how he's the only way to heaven and how, and how the, the way to destruction is broad. In other words, there's many ways to destruction, but the way to heaven, the way to the father is narrow because it's only one way. And so the scriptures is talking about diverse weights because that represents many, many different uh, worldviews or many different principalities that are not submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ that are not submitted to the God of scripture. And so he says a just weight is the Lord's delight, but a false balance is an abomination. And so some of us have been operating in a false balance, thinking that, hey, this is, this is how God wants me. But here's here's the reality. You can't have you can never get too much of God. Because God, God isn't going to lead you to speak in tongues or or cry out on the altar and and run around the church. Then have you not be any good to anybody outside of church. It's almost like, man, we we put God we limit God in our thinking because we make the Bible such this deep and mystical and we make this the Bible such a deep book that sometimes we believe it it can't speak to our everyday issues. We don't really some of us don't even believe the Bible can really speak to depression. Some of us don't don't believe that the Bible can really speak to our suicidal thoughts or our weak areas like we have more faith in worldly resolutions and solutions than we do the Bible because we view certain people that we consider to be so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good and we and we think like man that this person is crazy this person lives in church and they're crazy but I want to challenge you I want to challenge you to get to know God for yourself and know what the Bible actually says for yourself. Now, hear me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be submitted to to a sound to sound leadership. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be accountable to a church. But what I am saying is, man, the Bible says that you have to study. You should be studying to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Know why you 
Know why you believe what you believe. And not just go and stop just going off of what everybody else is saying. We have a we have a real bad problem, I believe, here in America with following celebrity preachers, celebrity prophets. I know I've, I've seen people chasing prophets around, chasing their favorite preachers around. And they don't have any real depth in God for them, for themselves. It's time it's time to get off of milk and it's time to graduate to eating meat, to eating meat, excuse me. And so as Christians, what does a balanced life look like? I heard I've, I've seen. I've heard my boy Doug say, say to be heavenly minded is to be earthly good and I and I and I believe I love that quote because I believe it sums up this topic perfectly instead of us adopting the mindset that man I don't want to be so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good how about we strive to be so heavenly minded that we are earthly good and not be influenced by this world and be influenced by God of heaven. And so I want to encourage you guys to to get to go deeper. Go deeper in your word. Like I I'm tr- I'm a firm believer that when you're truly seeking God's face, he's not going to just speak spiritual thing to your spiritual walk, but he's going to speak to the natural areas of your life. Because he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. But listen, I want to hear from you guys. You know, I, I love answering questions and, and, and sparking dialogue. If you have any topic suggestions or any questions or prayer requests, go to pathofrevelationnow.com and leave your prayer requests. Leave your question. Leave your topic suggestion. I most definitely will get back with you. And it's my goal to be able to address whatever you uh, suggest on a future episode or show. Um, You also can check out the other resources that we have on the website, have amazing blogs and music videos and other other things that will be a blessing to your walk. But make sure that you keep Christ first in all that you do. And this is the Path of Revelation show where the culture meets scripture.